Welcome to the Temple Forum, a podcast from First United Methodist Church in the heart of Chicago. Here we welcome a diversity of voices and conversation about how we live in the world as people of faith. Hello, this is Jan Engmeyer. This installment of the Temple Forum features a conversation with Foster Pinckney, an organizer and writer who is pursuing a PhD in religious ethics at the University of Chicago Divinity School. We're talking about why Black Lives Matter on human dignity. Welcome, Foster. We're very glad to have you on the Temple Forum. Good to be here. Tell us about your scholarship that's underway at the University of Chicago. You're examining the life work of two men who, in many ways, could be considered the fathers of the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. So my, um, I'm in the dissertation phase of my PhD program, I'm writing on the concept of dignity um, recreated through the hermeneutic of Blackness. Um, so I'm doing that. Uh, through the uh, understanding of the Negro problem as interpreted by uh, W.E.B. Du Bois and Frederick Douglass. They have different sort of encounters with that phrasing, the Negro problem, consider different questions. Uh, but I thought it was interesting to use the same phrasing. I thought there could be a lot of uh, good theology sort of drawn out from the occurrence of them uh, sort of tackling similar uh, issues at different times. How and why did you decide to focus on Douglas and Du Bois? How did you come to that conclusion? So Frederick Douglass is writing about Negro problem, talking about uh, sort of the baptismal controversy in the AME church at the time. Uh, the question of whether black people uh, are being sort of baptized in body and soul, whether it's just their bodies being baptized whether the soul work is sort of left up to God. So it, it changes how you think about how to relate to black people at the time and how to think about uh, the soul's place in our, in our humanity. Uh, how do we treat each other? What's owed to each other as Christians and as a country? Du Bois uses the same phrase in the Negro problem to talk about sort of the veil uh, that black people must live behind, sort of a way to encounter the world while saving your inner humanity from being damaged by white supremacy and racism. So I picked those two because they're speaking to different valences of the same issue. And I thought it would be interesting uh, to sort of compare and contrast. And I draw from them sort of an understanding of dignity, how it's created through Blackness and how to think how narration, the stories we tell about ourselves, about our histories are sort of enacted and how we relate to the world. And what have you learned in your research that has surprised you? Right. <laughs> um, so reading Douglas, I'm really surprised by the, the depth and breadth of his uh, political analysis and his engagement with black religion. He's sort of a conceptual founder of black theology in my opinion. Uh, he does a lot of the work of understanding how justification is played out in white religious practice and how that's translated into the Black religion of the time. So his engagement with different sources um, from sort of German 
uh, liberal Christianity to the United States Constitution and some of the connection he he makes uh, really surprised me. I I'm not sure what I expected. Uh, I expected him to be more of a rabble rouser, I guess, uh, than he turns out to be. But the nuance of his political thought and the way it changes over time uh, is very fascinating and interesting to me. I was surprised by Du Bois's uh, engagement with Black religion as a whole. Uh, he's not really thought of as a religious figure. Um, no. Yeah, he has a whole whole chapter devoted to his uh, disagreements with the Black church, uh, the sort of pie-in-the-sky religion um, that he thought was harmful um, to Black liberation and the uh, abolitionist uh, movement. But it's, it's really interesting to, to think about some of the resources he's drawing on and actually investigate the reasons he found uh, religion to be harmful. He engaged with religion in ways that uh, sometimes he may find unpalatable, but he's always driven by truth and by love for Black people. Uh, so investigating those claims, figuring out why he's making certain turns he does, and sort of the, uh, the theories underlying it are uh, really interesting to me. And what did, did he find, excuse me, what did he find harmful yeah. about the church? So he thought that focusing on heaven, on sort of the ultimate justice to come uh, after our worldly existence was harmful because it uh, dissuaded black people from advocating for justice now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so he thought um, uh, black people would be distracted, uh, frankly, by thinking of, of heavenly promises. His own understanding of, of religion was, was always very, he was always very um, careful about how he talked about his own religious beliefs and understandings. Uh, but his understanding of how religion was being used in the black community, how slave masters used it to suppress uh, slave rioting, and how it was being used to enforce a certain kind of respectability on the black class after they were freed. He sort of uh, grounded all that in his understanding of how religion was being taught and preached uh, to black people. I think his his understanding of, of religion was, uh, did have some sort of class-based issues and the kind of churches he attended and engaged with were not always um, examples of the most liberatory understandings of blackness and uh, and Jesus. So his his criticisms were deep, mostly because he, he thought it was uh, so important that the fight for black dignity and black life uh, happened on every level at all times. And he felt that the leaders of this movement needed to be, needed to reject the kind of religion that was being uh, taught to black people. That's interesting. I, I know that you can't get inside of somebody else's head, right? Mm -hmm. But what do you think Douglas and Du Bois would think about what's happening today? We're in this time of racial reckoning and systemic racism, and this is still going on. We're still talking about the same things that they were in many ways. Mm -hmm. What do you think their take would be on what's happening well, in 2021? Yeah, so, so firstly, I think they would both be shocked at the progress that both uh, black and white people in the United States has made uh, in terms of racial reckoning. 
some of the changes we see, uh, Black people in certain positions in government, Black people having certain um, access to uh, educational institutions and things like that, would have been completely foreign to their time. They would just be shocked um, that that's happened. I think Douglas, especially, would would value sort of delving into the roots of white supremacy and our understanding of race and how it's working in our society, especially focusing around sort of how white fear is used as justification for suppression and how our our actions are reflected and how we speak um, of the values we hold dear in the United States and that we uh, display to the rest of the world. He, the question of hypocrisy is very important to Douglas's work and the, the sort of uh, the difference between how we portray ourselves as Americans to each other and how the world sees us be deeply disturbing uh, to his understanding of, of what's happening. And he would really interrogate those values, the things we say are important and relate those to how we actually treat each other. So I think that would be his initial sort of reaction. Uh, du Bois is, I, I think, um, would be more structural and more class-based understanding of what's happening, what could happen. I think he would be dismayed um, by the state of uh, working class and poor whites being used as a cudgel against black people and immigrants. He would see this as sort of uh, class-based manipulation, the sort of plantation politics of using poor whites against others as a way of enforcement. Uh, this is something that was happening in his time as sort of um, police were coming into existence and it's happening now. And we can see that uh, in the January 6th, right? And a lot of the uh, sort of Trumpism that's sort of infecting the country. A lot of poor and working class whites are being sort of duped into finding more solidarity with billionaires than their fellow um, working class people. And for Du Bois, that would have been the sort of driving force of his critique of what's happening. And I think he would also speak to sort of recognition, the sort of general humanity that we see in each other. The Souls of Black Folk was not written for Black folk. <laughs> it was written for white people, not as proof as, of Black humanity, but to display it, to say that uh, there's more here uh, than what you see on the streets when you pass a Black person, what you read in the news. Black people are deeply human, <laughs> just like white people are. And once we come to recognize that, we can begin to look at the country as a whole uh, and the kind of structures that underlie it that keep people oppressed both inside and outside of racial categories. So I think that would be his two sort of main concerns, the sort of class development and the question of recognition, what do we see in each other? What kind of stereotypes are still affecting our discourse? Well, it ties into your theme of dignity very well. Right, right. Yes. And, yeah. and dignity is, is, I think, is an interesting subject because it's inherent, I think, in all, all people, um, perhaps all beings, <laughs> regardless of species. Um, but that dignity is something that has to be reclaimed often from states of oppression like white supremacy, uh, like imperialism, because those forces are used to attack sort of the humanity of people. And you do that through diminishing their dignity uh, to um, reducing people to chattel or uh, to vehicles for your own national interests. Yeah, so this question of dignity and how it's uh, 
doled out in our society is something we really need to examine because it's it's not something that should be controlled by a state or by a ruling class. Thank you, Foster Pinckney, for sharing this information about your scholarship on Frederick Douglass and W.E.B. Du Bois and human dignity. Be sure to listen to part two of our conversation with Foster when we explore critical race theory. What is it and why are people so up in arms about it? I'm Jan Engmeyer. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Temple Forum. You've been listening to the Temple Forum from First United Methodist Church in Chicago. You can find more conversations like this online at chicagotemple.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please join us again soon.